goal is to win, for Christ's sakes. And you keep talking about the CBT, you keep talking about prospects and your long-term goal. Like, you just basically told us we ain't good enough, we suck, you let us down. Angry Lou, angry Lou. A hole the size of, I don't even know what, in that bullpen. Keep playing like dog Recall my manager, Lou. Go get me a goddamn first baseman. That's what I want. I don't want an outfielder D8. I need a first baseman. Okay, Lou, I'll ask you something. What? How do you go into the season without a closer? How do you not address the closer situation? Lou, what's up, dog? Good, how are you doing? Good. Well, it's always great to have you here, Lou. Speed it up! Oh, no, Speed no, it up. no, no! This is a... Uh, we, we don't want sped up Lou. <laughs> We don't want sped up Hardo Lou. We don't need. Oh, I'm sure we can find Hardo Lou. I don't know about oh, yeah. sped up Lou. Oh, our yeah. uh, our great friend, of course, who will uh, be a a part of the call today over on uh, 8:50 a.m. of the Red Sox against Northeastern. It is our pal Lou Merloni. He is brought to us by Shaw's and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh. And, uh, well, Lou, let's start with you're in sunny Florida. Oh, you're yeah. in Fort Myers. How's the Applebee's treating you down there? Oh, I love it down here. The weather is fantastic. You know, Hurricane Ian kind of ripped through it a little bit, but it's recovered really nicely. I know people are coming down here. You can check it out. Visit fortmyers.com. You can see all the reopenings, the beaches, the beautiful white beaches are open. It's 88 degrees. Oh. Do what I do. Check out the waterfront dining, fresh seafood. Check out the dolphins, the manatees. It's it's fantastic. You're coming down with the family, and you can also check out a ball game. Lou, have you are you, are you doing what the Orsillo used to do? Are you running across that that giant bridge there in Fort Myers every day? Did you say running? I'm sorry. <laughs> did you say? Well, you listen, said running, right? I, you know, when Heim Bloom is down there, not only running five Ks no, in his no. off time, but he's also listening to podcasts on double the speed. I figured that even if you were, <laughs> even if you went like me and Fourier and went half speed on both, you'd be okay. No, 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 no. There's no running. I call timeout to get catch my breath when I get a double. Lou, <laughs> Lou, listen, real quick before we get into what's going on down there, uh, okay? Yeah. I just real quick, old school Hardo scale with Heim uh, Bloom making doing his like morning <laughs> run, listening to a podcast on double speed so we can get the entire podcast in on a scale of one to ten <laughs> ten being a julian edelman hardo <laughs> hardcore to the max where does high and bloom fall on the hardo scale with the sped up podcast well i mean I, I don't know if that's i think that's more weird than hardo probably middle of the pack in that five range now if he's out here with like a sock tied around his head and you know uh just some spandex shorts i think that's more of the hardo look right <laughs> Probably, which I didn't see. Can you I, imagine him with a sock tied oh, around God. his head, like running across that bridge at full speed? People would be like, that guy's running from the wall. I actually oh think, he, if he, I feel like he should make a bet, and next time he has that 6.30 a.m. run, he's got to wear that. <laughs> Spandex with no shorts over the top, too, Ooh, by the way. Yes. You know what? Straight up, like, dancer. Maybe yes. that's that's the road they could go down. Because, Lou, I know, like, in football, they always do, like, conditioning tests or whatever. But maybe for future Red Sox to miss the conditioning test, yep. they have to run with Heim every morning. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Keep Dawn up with Patrol. your GM. Yeah. Yeah, hurry up. Their own version of Dawn Patrol. Oh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, so uh, Lou, uh, we're gonna get some real action today. Yeah. I know it is against a, a, a. Listen, it's the first in in a lot of ways. There's there's like the first day of school, and then there's like the first test. And not that this is a major test, but being able to see these guys out there has got to be a good thing. I know the lineup is already out. What sort of what what is it like here? On I guess let me just be lazy and contradict myself and say it's kind of like the first day of school for these guys. They're in the lineup. 
What is it like for a big leaguer just getting out there and going against somebody that isn't on your team? For them, it's just really work. Like, you're right. The WBC guys are going to get two at-bats, which is nice for us. So they'll stay in the game for a while here. but Because they got to get some at-bats uh, before they get off to the WBC and join their country. So they're going to be on there. So we're going to have some starters. But I think you're just tired of facing live BP and batting practice and taking ground balls. You kind of – baseball season can be a groundhog day. You know, wake up, do the same thing, do it again. And you, you quickly want to get comfortable doing that, right? So – uh, these guys, I'm sure it's going to be good to have at bats. It's, it's really a no-win situation, you know, for the pros um, because you go out there, you have to win this game. You're supposed to be getting hits, but I think for the most of the guys that are in this lineup today, they're well aware that they're trying to get as comfortable as they possibly can early on. Yeah. So okay. So since you're down there, boots on the ground, Lou. Yeah. Give me like a, who's catching your eye? Like who's catching uh, Lou's eye right now, based on the, the time that you've been down there. Well, you know, I, I don't spend a lot of time watching the guys I know. Like, why do I need to watch Devers take BP? I know he's good. You know, so why, why do I do that? So I watch Yoshida a lot. Like, he's actually very impressive. I mean, it's batting practice, right? So see how it translates. But there's so much pop in his bat. I, I don't – I never imagined that he'd be able to drive the baseball the way he's in the ball on the top of the batter's eye in batting practice, which is just stupid juice. Um, so there's more of the guys I haven't really seen before, like the kids say down, Rafael, I've been following a lot, like the young prospect and watching him swing it and um, more than really anything right now. You know, it's it's early on. You take what you take out of batting practice. Try to get your first look at guys. Yeah, Lou, uh, when you d- talk about a guy like Yoshida, yeah. you go in eyes wide open. What are some of the things that you were looking for, even just setting eyes on this guy around the cage? And what has jumped out to you just in the limited that you've seen this guy? The power jumps out right away, but really it's kind of like the approach. Um Remember, like, J.D. Drew was a guy that drew a lot of walks and saw the ball real well, and it's a very similar soft kind of approach. Uh, everything's under control. You can see where, you know, he probably sees the ball real well, identifies strikes, which is the reason why, like, his on-base percentage has been so high in the past. And so you, you hope that things like that translate. The one question always when you come from Japan is can you handle velocity? And from the scouting, they looked at it and watched him throw, get, go up against guys that throw hard. Not many of them over there. But when he did face velocity, he actually uh, upticked in average, you know, and, and looked very comfortable. So I think that's something they felt really good about. So I was watching uh, Nesson a little bit last night, and they, uh, Jim Rice was helping a Yoshida kind of take some reps off the wall out there in left field, like the mini, you know, Fort Myers uh, green monster. Yep. Um, it seemed like he just adjusted pretty well. Like, how difficult is it for a guy uh, coming to a, a new team, right, and then having to kind of manage, you know, that wall and all the angles and all the you know difficulty that that it uh, uh, that it can give you. You know, there's there's a few things like the Jimmy's out there with him right now during BP and just when the ball hits the wall, don't get too tight to the warning track so it bounces over your head. Know that it's going to maybe bounce in certain spots towards center field. Get in positioning, anticipate. But I always felt like the toughest part. I mean, listen, if it's over your head, turn around. You know, and just play it off the wall. The hardest part is that you're pretty shallow. You know, at Fenway Park in left field and and. What line drives to go get? What line drives to stay back on? You know, because it's just the, the ball's on you so much quicker. So I feel like that's like a big adjustment for left fielders. So so the, the question I have, and this may be a stupid question, but no stupid questions nope, here on this show none. now, Lou. Okay? Not, nope. Okay, is I, I how do they – is somebody hitting the ball? Is there like a jugs machine for a baseball like that they use to kind of give those – because there's the high loopers, there's the high – there's the line drives, and each one – promotes a different angle, you know, off the wall. Like, how how do they practice that aspect of it? 
Yeah, the, they'll just hit the fungos out there. These guys are pretty good at okay. it. <laughs> you know, I mean, right. I, I want to hit a line drive off the wall. Yeah. yeah, fly ball off the wall. They're, they're pretty. They're not perfect at it, right? But I think you want a ball kind of off a of bat. They have the machines too, which I think if they just want to get it more rapid, they can do it that way. Lou Maloney with us from down in Fort Myers. And uh, by the way, I've screwed up. First game on 850 isn't until next month. I know Lou right. is doing some nesting work down there. Brian Bayo got shut down on February 17th, I think it was. Um, now we're at a week later. Where, where are we at on Bayo? And should we all back here be concerned that they had to shut the guy down once he started throwing down there? They don't seem concerned about it. He threw the other day, kind of like just on flat ground, meaning just basically out in the outfield. So he's going to be throwing a bullpen, I believe, maybe tomorrow um, or Sunday. Uh, One of those things, and I think they just anticipate that they're moving forward now. Now he's, you know, know, in spring training, it's a six-week camp. You miss one week. You know, you are a little bit behind, but you can always manipulate that and have him be the fifth starter type of thing, too, to get him ready. So I don't think there's any concern right now. Um, I would be just... Just focusing on what he, how he feels after these next couple of bullpens. So the other guy, the other name that kind of stands out uh, that a lot of people are anticipating watching is Justin Turner. Um, what have you have you seen him at all? Like, just what, what's the, any updates with him and what's he going to be doing? What position he's going to be playing? He's working at first base a lot with Cassis. Um, you know, he can just swing it. You know, it's, it's pull side stuff. You know, pull side power with him, which is good at Fenway Park, and same thing with Duvall. So for him, it's just he, he's a unique guy. That I think he comes in here, and even though he hasn't been in Boston, I actually consider him stepping in. It might take a little bit of time, but to me, he's a leader. You know, he's a leader of this team. He's been around a long time. He knows what it takes. He knows the routine, how to go about it. So he's going to be playing, a, I think, a big role in that locker room today, this year. Well, who who is with Xander leaving? Yeah. By contract, you would think the natural baton would be passed to Devers. Yeah. Although I don't know if he's ready for that leadership role. And if it takes a while for Turner to kind of you know, get into the mix, who's in charge in that clubhouse? Feels like Kike's trying to jump in those shoes. Yeah, yeah, I think he is. I mean, the staff is fine. You know, the staff's got plenty of guys there, whether it's Sale and Kluber and Paxton and Pavetta that have been around a long time and guys like Jansen and Martin and the Penn. But at that position player group, you're right, Kike kind of took that step forward. I considered, you know, uh, Justin Turner to be one of those guys as well. And, you know, even a guy like Arroyo, like you need one of those guys on your team. And, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully he can play a lot of games this year. But, you know, he keeps things loose. You know, he jokes around an awful lot. So I think you're going to see a lot of that. Duvall's a guy that's been in the league a while. So it's – you don't have that one guy. You know, it's going to come from a lot. Lou, uh, is this roster minus a major injury, obviously – is this roster pretty much set, or do you think in two weeks Heim Bloom might go, uh-oh, I should have listened to Marloni and loaded up on middle infielders? <laughs> no, I, I think it's right now It's it's this is what it is. You know, um, There's a few bench roles. You know, A guy like Alfaro, do they keep three catchers because he can play first and DH and pinch hit, those types of things. And who's the fourth outfielder? Does a guy like Tapia find himself you know, on this roster? He was from Toronto last year. So some of those roles... I think need to be defined. Um, you're right; it, it's thin, and the question is, like, especially the middle of the infield. That first month of April, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully Mondesi, you know, joins this club at some point at the end of April, early May, and now you've got three guys to rotate through that middle of the infield. But uh, in April, it can be a little bit thin if you get a rash of injuries. All right, so we're talking to Lou Merloni, obviously, um, and Lou. I want to get your opinion of this because there was an article in the Athletic where they where they talked to uh, they did like a whole uh, where they talked to 29 GMs and scouts. 
and they asked him a bunch of questions, and, and two things stood out to me, and I'm wondering if you think this is a cause for concern or worry, where the two most improved teams on, on, one, on this list, two teams were in your own division, Toronto and Yankees, two of the most improved teams, Lou. They were already good last year. Now they also gave them most improved in a year where they were already good. And the least improved team was uh, your number uh, was the Red Sox getting 11 out of 29 votes. What do you make of that? I mean, is that just like you were already felt like they were up against it anyways, and two of the best teams in the division got better, and now everybody's telling me that the Red Sox got worse. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's. I just felt like last year everybody underperformed, you know, in the entire lineup. So whether they're just sort of basing it on that, we're focusing on guys, you know, that have left. You know, I, I don't really care about the preseason rankings. You know, we're talking so much about Bogey and J.D. and Vasquez leaving, but we're not talking about getting Franchi out of the outfield. We're not talking about getting Duran out of center. We're not talking about getting Bobby Dahlbeck and Franchi off first base. You know, enough. Like, those are going to be vast improvements. You know, with these guys and this rotation right now, like when I watch these guys, you know, I've always said, like, if healthy, they should be able to compete with a playoff you know, for a playoff spot. And right now, when I watch them, I'm like, yeah, this is what we're talking about because the lineup is there, the rotation is deep. The only question is, when do the injuries come? You know, and how many are there, and can they cover it? Right. So if they have a rash of injuries, they're going to be in trouble. You know, like they had last year. Um, but if they can remain healthy and get a little bit lucky in that regard, or stagger some injuries, one guy goes down for a month, another guy goes down for a month, then they can hang in there. I uh, I just saw a tweet, Lou, from Chris Cotillo, yeah, who said Red Sox pitchers today: uh, Audenir, Mosqueda, yep. Durbin, Feltman, yep. Chase, Shugard, and Taylor Broadway. It sounds like it's completely made up. <laughs> it's basically your AAA bullpen is what it is. Okay. Yeah, that's what you're going to feature today. The starters, the lefty guy is kind of intriguing. We'll see what he can be like. But uh, that's it. But I'm just, you know, again, World Baseball Classic. I mean, we've got, you know, five, six, seven guys. You know, Casas is in there as well. So it's at least it's like a it's a major league roster, and we know we're going to get three or four or five innings of them. So that's nice. Are you uh, a pro World Baseball Classic guy or not? Yeah, I am. I am. I mean, I think it's pretty cool watching Dominican play in Puerto Rico and Japan and the United States. I mean, these teams are loaded, right? It doesn't get as much fanfare as maybe it should. Maybe baseball people are into it, but you know, you're seeing some of the best in the world kind of competing in a, in a very strange tournament, at least timing-wise. Hey, when you were at PC, did you guys have the big league team that you played against like Northeastern no. is today? No, so you had none of that. No, we didn't. As a matter of fact, when I was here in Boston, we used to play Boston College, and then they started playing both. But now it's just Northeastern. It's, it's fun for the guys, you know, the kids, especially at Northeastern, something they remember forever. The players, you know, the pregame, sitting around the club, uh, the uh, batting cage, hanging out with them, talking with them. And, but as far as the players go, it's one of those games where it's like, I just want to get at bats and, and, and move on, right? Mm. Our great uh, friend Lou Merloni, he'll be, uh, of course, doing stuff on Nesson, and you'll hear him here uh, all during Red Sox season, and he will be with us each and every week, at least we think, and we're excited about that. Lou, thank you, buddy. We appreciate it. Have a good, uh, have fun today. All right, boys. Have a good day. Right, there we go. Son. There goes yeah. our friend. Jerk. <laughs> Y'all, listen to you. Uh, there goes our great friend, Louis Merloni, and of course, he is also brought to us by visitfortmyers.com. The islands, the beaches, the neighborhoods for all the latest. Go to visitfortmyers.com.